Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. My name's Colin Waitsman, I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, and we have a, a bunch of things to, to go over, some uh, old housekeeping things that have, have happened in the past we'd like to, to revisit, as well as some, some pretty interesting news regarding uh, the upcoming season. Outdoor schedule has finally been announced, and I'm very excited to talk about uh, what we're looking for with the 2021 season as the 2020 season was was almost a wash. Uh, and we're also going to look back at that because we do have the announcement of the female athletes of the year, uh, as well as um, this indoor season and, and how problematic it's been and why I'm really frustrated about the way that especially the NCAA has handled it. So we're going to go over all that and more, starting with the female athlete of the year. So uh, we have just been announced, I think it was late last week, the five finalists for the Female Athlete of the Year. And just like the men's side, I got four out of the five athletes correct. Uh, so the, the five finalists are Lezenbet Gaday of Ethiopia, Safan Hassan of the Netherlands, Perez Jepchirchir of Kenya, Yilmar Rojas of Venezuela, and then to finish it off is Elaine Thompson of Jamaica. So I still think, even after the these five finalists, that who I predicted to win of Lezenbeck Day from Ethiopia as Ethiopia is the favorite. Uh, to go over briefly all of their stats, notoriety, what they did this previous year, or the, yeah, this previous year. Uh, so Lezenbeck Day, she set the world record in the 5K, as I had mentioned, and was second in the 5K at Wanda, the Diamond League meet in Morocco. Uh, Safan Hassan of the Netherlands, she won the world record in the hour run. She ran 8,930 meters. When you say it out loud, like, it sounds like a lot. Like, geez, eight, 18,000. I'm sorry, did I say 8,000? 8, yeah, 18,930 meters in an hour. I mean, shoot, 8,000 still seems like a lot to me. Uh, she also set the European record. Uh, over the 10K uh, with 29 minutes, 36 seconds, 0.67 milliseconds, and was the fourth fastest time of all time. Uh, Perez of Kenya, she won the half marathon this year, and she also uh, broke the world the half the world record in the half marathon uh, twice. She broke it once in an hour and five minutes, and then in, in 34 seconds, and then an hour, five minutes, and 16 seconds. So very impressive two-time world world record breaker. Yelmar Rojas of Venezuela, undefeated in the triple jump, broke the indoor world record in with a jump of 15.43 meters. Then we have to close it out is Elaine Thompson Hearth of Jamaica. She was undefeated in the 100 meters and ran the world leading time in of 10.85. I say she's the favorite for the female 100 meters, uh, obviously going into 2021, but uh, a fairly, a fairly, uh, a fairly stacked group for for the ladies. I mean, there, there's a couple different ways that you can go with this. I'm sticking to my guns with with G'day, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Perez win it. Uh, she broke two world records um, in the half marathon. Uh, she's she's doing she's doing very well this year it's it's a really strong like it's really strong for all of them 
I think that Elaine is probably the weaker point uh, of this, which is crazy to say that someone that's undefeated uh, over seven races and ran a world lead is one of the weaker points. But everyone else here set world records, <laughs> which it's, it's hard to go against. Even no matter how fast you run, when you're going up against people that have set world records, it's really difficult. So if I'm saying top five from five to one, five being least likely to win, one being most likely to win. So if you saw anything on to bet, this is where I'd put my money. So the least likely I say to win, Elaine Thompson sucks. She's one of the best sprinters that we have. But you're going up against a very, very strong uh, case of females here. Next, next, I'm probably going to go with Safan Hassan uh, for fourth, mainly because the the hour run or the hour race isn't something that is standard that people run nowadays. It's it's not an Olympic event, and so I think that people will see, hey, that's a world record, yes, but it's not as uh, ran of an event, so the world record probably isn't as high as or as difficult to complete as like a, a, a mile where there's thousands and thousands of people that run that all the time. And so the difficulty is much higher compared to the hour event. So I would say probably her fourth. Then I would say probably Yulmar Rojas only because she's only competed in, in four competitions uh, over the course of these years, uh, over the course of this year, she did break the indoor world record. Very impressive, but she only competed four times. So, uh, people probably would have loved to see her compete a little more. Then I have Perez, uh, half marathon title, broke the world record twice, two-time world record breaker, so you have to have it up there. And then G'day I have as my favorite for winning. Uh, they're very, everyone's very impressive uh, when it comes to the races this year. So you could go with almost anyone, but those are the five that I have. And the competition or the award show will be happening December 5th. So if you would like to tune in, you can. Sonia Richards-Ross is going to be hosting, uh, which is fantastic because she is actually, if you watched the two episodes ago, I believe, she won the Female Athlete of the Year at the youngest age in 2006. And G'day has the possibility of doing that right now, be breaking her youngest to ever win it record. So uh, it could be cool. A little bit, little moment in history there. So we'll have to see. Next, uh, very excited for 2021. The Diamond League calendar has officially been released. You can check on, I'm seeing this on CBC, uh, but they released a tentative schedule for, for the meets starting in May. So first we have Rabat, May 23rd, Doha on the 28th, Rome, June 4th, Oslo on the 10th, Stockholm on the 4th, of July, Monaco, July 9th. You can go look at it uh, later. Um, but then obviously the, uh, the the biggest one that I'm very excited for, hopefully I can make it out. It's the only, I believe, American race on the calendar. It is uh, Eugene in, on August 21st. That is, I believe, the Prefontaine Classic, uh, which is coming back for the first time in 2021. So that's going to be uh, exciting to see it coming back. Uh, next, we they're going to then be having a, a large break in August because they're going to be doing the uh, Olympics, obviously. So there's a little bit of a break in, in between July 13th and August 14th. 
as everyone is is going to be doing the the Olympics. So uh, it's great to see 14 meets coming out for for this upcoming season. They did mention that the are they are subject to change uh, depending on what's going on with with the pandemic, obviously, at that point. So this is the provisional schedule. Obviously, right now, international travel is difficult when it comes to being able to go from one place to another. So we'll we'll have to see. Uh, And I believe this previous year ended in September, like early September, September 8th or 9th was Zurich. So there it's going to be going from September till May. It's a fair enough off season. Well, so we'll see who, who does really well. Um, I'm excited. We finally have some track. Obviously you're, you're noticing that there is no indoor competitions, uh, being announced. I haven't seen any indoor competitions be announced and, uh, it stinks. We're probably not going to see an indoor, uh, year because the pandemic's just difficult for, for indoor facilities. And so, yeah, we don't have anything with that as of right now. I'll keep you guys updated if we have anything going on for, for indoor track, but at this current time, nothing has been announced. So uh, we'll have to see what, what's going on with that. Still haven't seen anything for the United States when in regards to USATF uh, indoor meets, nothing really so far. Uh, and that brings me to a, an area that has really kind of been upsetting for me, um, and that is the NCAA's handling of indoor track and field in winter sports. So the NCAA, uh, right now, college basketball's a go. They're all the all the college basketball teams, essentially all the college basketball teams are starting. They have no fans in the stands, but they're able to compete in in basketball and and, and all that stuff uh, as if nothing as if nothing's wrong. I think the the players might have to wear masks while they're sitting on the stands and or sitting in the in, on the benches and they're and they're spread out and, and all that stuff. And the coaches have to wear masks, but they're able to play and they're able to compete. And I can't and we can't say that for many college track athletes right now. Right now, a lot of college tracks have canceled their season. Uh, we, we saw the NEC, uh, my home conference, canceled their college championships. We saw just a week and a half ago, which is where I'm bringing this back up, I missed it last week, was the Atlantic 10, which is George, uh, Mason, uh, Rhode Island, Davidson, uh, some big big time schools that that are going to be Fordham, George Washington, LaSalle, uh, all all these schools. They they just announced they're canceling their indoor track and field championship, and most likely the swimming and diving is going to be going down next. That's another Division One conference that that's going down. But what's funny to me, and what's wild to me, is that these conferences are still competing in basketball. So they said. It's fine to have these college basketball players doing this. It's fine to let them compete. It's okay. It's safe enough. We can figure out a way to make it safe so that these basketball players are able to compete in their sport. Okay. But it's not safe for track and field. It's not, you're not able to compete in track and field indoors. What's the problem here? Obviously, we know what the problem is. It's not a safety issue because if this was a safety issue, then we would know that we wouldn't be able to have basketball. And this is annoying to me because the Atlantic 10 commissioner, and I quote, said 
not made lightly, and the athletic officials officially, officially weighed the health and safety of coaches, staff, and student-athletes as the COVID-19 pandemic continues. So you're saying that it's an issue due to, to the safety of the student-athletes during the COVID-19 pandemic. Great. If that's a true problem, then why are you playing basketball? Why are you allowing student-athletes to be even more close contact than on a track? There are so much more instances of athletes coming into contact with each other on a basketball court than there are on a track. The only instance of athletes coming in contact with each other during a track and field meet would be, what, like the 400 uh, on on the last lap of it, the mile distance races where you're actually close to each other. Otherwise, you're in your own lanes or you're the only person competing if it's a jumping event. And so it's not a safety issue. It's a money issue. And we've known this from the jump. But people are lying to our sport, saying that it's a safety issue, when we clearly know it's not that. It's a money issue because you have these uh, meets or these competitions, these basketball games being broadcast on ABC, Fox, ESPN, all that stuff. You have these deals and you don't want to get those people mad. It has nothing to do with safety. Because if it was safety, then basketball wouldn't be competing either. But basketball is competing, so what's the real issue here? Bing, bing, bing. It's money. Track and field doesn't bring anything. That's why you're canceling the season. So, like, don't don't act like we're we're children. We don't understand. We know what the issue is here. And it's super frustrating that we're told one thing, but it's super clear that it's another one. And we're just having all of these competitions being canceled on us. Teams are being cut and it's all in the name of COVID. Yes, COVID is an issue and I completely agree with it that it's, it's a serious pandemic issue, but you're using it as an excuse to cancel our sports when you're not canceling the other sports that are bringing in money because, uh, because you have them, them bringing in money such as basketball or football. And yeah, of course you're not going to cut those teams. It makes sense because they're bringing in money. You, you can't, you can't cut them, but it, you're, you're using this, this, uh, this instance, this world pandemic as a, as a reason for you to cut a sport that you're like, finally, we can get rid of this thing. And we're now we have a reason to do it. And it's so frustrating from our side to see that happen because all these student athletes put in years and years of work to be canceled. And you're like, yeah, it's a safety issue. We don't want you guys to get sick. All right. Now make sure you cheer on our team while we play basketball against the exact same teams that we said it's too, too uh, dangerous to go compete against. You're lying to our face. You're lying directly to our face. And it's really frustrating for me. Because if it's a like I'll say, I've, I've said this 10 times, but if it's a safety issue, then don't let anyone play. If it's not a safety issue, then let them play. Because you, you, could, you could compete in a, a safe environment. I believe it was my second episode. I even gave out ways that I think you could have safety. And those precautions were even more um, rigorous than what they're doing in basketball. Like it's you, it doesn't make any sense to me why we're doing what we're doing with these kids. You're just playing with, with their emotions and it's, it's not right to me. It's not right. And so I want the NCAA to fix this because it's, it's just straight lying to these kids. You're lying right to their face saying it's one thing when it's, when it's clearly another. And, and that, that's my soapbox. Uh, so hopefully things will get fixed, but uh, we're looking forward to seeing some change, looking forward to outdoors coming soon. Uh, want to see how that season goes. 
see if they decide that there's going to be any indoor meets. Will NCAA have any indoor meets? I know some schools have things going on. Usually uh, for NCAA, those meets don't happen until January anyway. I mean, by now, we still wouldn't have had any meets. It's November. We There usually would be one or two track track meets happening in the beginning, the middle of December. Uh, I think like December 13th or 14th uh, would be when meets would be normally happening. Yeah, we would probably see something happening most times. What is it? Like the week of the 11th? So not this week, but next Friday we would normally see meets. So we'll see if anybody has anything going on, inner squad, whatever. Uh, and then we'll see in January where where we're at indoor wise i i don't know if we're gonna have anything i strongly doubt it because it looks like they're just trigger happy to cancel every indoor track meet uh on this this side of the world and it's it's disappointing it's disappointing to see so fingers crossed we're gonna have some more indoor track because i i've been missing it uh it's my favorite it's my favorite uh season i like indoor a lot more than outdoor i'll probably get into that at some point and there's probably a lot of people that would uh have a lot of things to say against it but that's my piece. So thank you for listening to another episode of Track World News. Uh, it's been great. Hopefully we'll have some better news for you guys in the future. Uh, if you like this episode, make sure that you follow us on Instagram. We have a lot of different news going on. If you like to see the visuals of this show, uh, you can follow us or subscribe to us on YouTube at Track World News as well. We have other clips and things going up there. So have a good one. See ya and peace. Thank <laughs> you.